This podcast is also brought to you by Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm is so easy to use. It's simple, it's fast, it's effective. It's the easiest way to distribute your podcast to every major platform and in the quickest way. I've gone through other websites to host podcasts, and it's a pain in the butt. Anchor does it for you. Join Anchor.fm and do your podcast the right way. And if you're looking to start a podcast, contact one of us at ATV Sports, as we're looking for podcasters for nearly every professional sports team right now. If you think you'd be a good fit, you can also apply at our website, www.atbsports.net. Across the Board Sports is brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Daily prop bets for all kinds of sports, where thousands of dollars are up for grabs every single day. Want free money? Use the code ATB at sign up for a free $10. Download the free app in the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. And don't forget, use the code ATB at sign up for a free $10. Across the board sports. Unique sports coverage. up everybody welcome back to across the board it's been a while we took a little hiatus thanksgiving break we're getting a little sore we needed some extra days off in the recovery room but we're back with me chandler adams and john wise guy spider he's got too many nicknames we're gonna have to narrow it down we might do a poll for that but what's up john um not much man uh it was a good uh Good week off, that's for sure. It was nice yeah. to uh, Thanksgiving was great. Got to see friends, family. It was a, uh, it was nice. But uh, I was definitely itching to get back on here with you. That's for sure. So I'm glad yeah. we're back. I'm excited. Just two depressed Browns fans gonna go at it and talk <laughs> the NFL for you guys. Are there any other kind of Browns fans? I'm not. I've never met anyone. Uh, the ones that were alive in the '60s. Ah, gotcha. And then died in the '70s. Right, and didn't have to live through. Yes, so yeah. Browns fans born in 1910, yeah, here's here's to you. you they guys are listening it. upstairs. But without further ado, let's get right into it. And we're going to, as always, get right into it with, well, not always, always. I don't, as always, we've been doing this for years. Um, <laughs> very shortly for the last few weeks, we're going to do John's Wise Guy segment. Uh, yeah, we uh, yeah, this is the third one. So uh, let's call it. we're still it's still in its infancy. Let's call it. But um, yeah, this one. Uh, one I hear. What's that? Got a fun one I hear. Yeah, this one's cool. So um, this I saw this on a YouTube video like a year ago, and I was just really blown away by some of the examples that they gave. So this is um, we're gonna talk about the Mandela effect. Um, <laughs> I'm which... gonna stop you right there. Uh, for anyone listening. John told me before we got on, hey, I've got a cool thing. I can't spoil it for you, but we're going to do the Mandela effect on you. And I said, oh, shit, yeah, man, I know what that is. I just, I was just playing Call of Duty. And he goes, um, what's the Mandela effect on Call of Duty? I said, well, when you're sniping long distances, sometimes the bullets curve and shit. And he just, I heard crickets on the other end. <laughs> so anyone out there that has played Call of Duty, you know I'm talking about the Coriolis effect, but uh, John's going to get down to the... <laughs> Mandela effect. That's a true story. I'm not embarrassed. Oh, that's good. I am I know. embarrassed. We really. <laughs> no, man. You it's all sounded good. so disappointed. 
when I, you asked me. Well, I was dis- I really was disappointed that the that there wasn't something called the Mandela effect in Call of Duty. I was like, oh, that's so cool. I'm like, good for them that they, you know, I haven't played like the newest game or anything like that. I played one years ago, but you know, I was just like, oh, that's really cool. Good for them. So, but <laughs> uh, but yeah, so this is the Mandela effect not found in Call of Duty um, or in any other video game of which I'm aware. Um, so the Mandela effect is basically false collective memory. So it's a memory that thousands or even sometimes millions of people share that is completely false. And, but everybody believes the same false thing. Um, and there's a, there's a lot of really cool, like famous examples. And so that's what I was going to do. I was going to go through some of those, um, and uh, just ask them to you and then see if you remember things correctly or incorrectly, if the Mandela effect has been, uh, has taken effect on you, which there are a few of these that I was like, wait a minute, that's not right. And then I looked it up and I was like, holy crap, I, I don't know why I, rem- I totally remember the wrong thing, but I was, count me in the alternate universe population. I don't remember anything wrong. Well, that's good because this is going to make you look really <sighs> smart then. So I'll turn on the thinking here. music. So that perfect. Um, well, first of all, the real quick, the, it's named after Nelson Mandela, um, who was the president of South Africa, um, who, uh, he just passed away in like 2013. It was pretty recent. So, um, he was well in, he's in his nineties when he died. Um, at any rate, it's named after him because there are, it, this is one of the first examples of this false memory. There are a ton of people that thought that he for sure died in prison in the 1980s. Now he was in prison for like 27 years in South Africa. And when he got out, he became the first, you know, elected president of that country. Um, But at any rate, leading up to that, there are tons of people, Nelson Mandela, oh yeah, yeah, he died in prison. And it was like tons of people, you know, it wasn't just that they heard it somewhere and they were like, oh yeah, I heard that he died in prison, but they swear they believed it because they remembered it. And so that's kind of the point of this whole thing. So, so our first example, we're going to talk about, um, so the Monopoly logo guy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, his, it's Uncle Pennybags is his name. That's what, you know, Parker Brother or Milton, whatever company that is named. That. It. So, yeah, I know. It's kind of a weird one. So, but can you describe what he looks like to me? Just yeah. your best attempt. Um, so he seems like a short fella. He's okay. wearing a black suit tuxedo thing i believe he has a gray mustache i almost positive he has glasses or a monocle on and i don't know i, I think i think that's okay he, that know. is first of all this couldn't have gone any better this is amazing we should yeah. <laughs> I, i'm so glad we, i didn't discuss anything with you ahead of time um so you described him basically perfectly okay oh and you also hit the Mandela effect one, which is perfect. So the uh, Uncle Pennybags has never had or worn a monocle. What? I'm Ever. thinking of Mr. Peanut. So, and that's the, so many people are like, wait a minute. Yes, he has a monocle. Of course he does. And then you look online and you Google pictures of him and you see a bunch of different things. And it's like, oh yeah, wait a minute. They, he never He's never had a monocle. There's no pictures of him ever having one. You know, the game company confirmed. Yeah, no, he's never had one. So, but, uh, so that's one of the coolest examples. So good job. I'm glad you walked right into that one. Um, all right. Well, him and Mr. Peanut, uh, share similar body types. So that's probably why I got (laughs) one is a fat guy. Who's 
uh, and the other one is literally a peanut. <laughs> Close like, body styles. Yeah, yeah Uncle Pennybags with that hourglass body shape. <laughs> um, do you remember the – there was a series of children's books there. They've been around for 50 years, 60 years, um, about a family of bears. And there's even a little um, – at Cedar Point in Ohio, they have the little uh, – and I'm not going to say the name of it yet, but it's the Blank Bears Land. Um, do you remember this family of bears? They're, you know, cartoon bears and they, they're books and cartoons and they teach you lessons and, you know, how to don't bully kids and pick up after yourself and things like that. Uh, no, I don't. Sound familiar? Okay. If I said the name Berenstain Bears. Oh. Does that yeah, ring a bell? I know what the Berenstain Bears are. Okay. So now what is their name? What are they called? The, the, the family's last name. I just said it. What is it? Berenstein. Berenstein, correct? Yeah. Not Berenstain, right? What's it? Say that again. So it's Steen, S-T-E-I-N, or I'm asking, is it Stain, S-T-A-I-N, like I stain the carpet? Steen, E-I-N. Okay. So again, this is this is perfect. That's I always thought the same thing. I always thought it was Berenstein Bears, but it's Berenstain, and it always has been. Is it pronounced Berenstain? It, it's supposed to be. That's the piece. So it's the, it's a married couple, um, and now I guess one of the sons runs it, and they still produce content. But um, but yeah, basically it was it's their last name, so that's why they just called them the Berenstain Bears, and it's A I N. I mean, you would never look at that word. And it'd be like, did I stain the carpet? Like, no, you would, you stain it. That's, you know, it's, that's how it's pronounced. That's what it looks huh. like. So it's Baron Stain Bears. Isn't that crazy? Man, I would never, I would have, I would have bet mad money that it was E-I-N. I, exactly. Same thing. This is unbelievable. All right, it's two more quick ones and then we'll move on. So, um, let's see. Um, okay. Empire Strikes Back. You've seen that movie? No. Star Wars? I know. I'm the biggest nerd in the world. I watch anime. I watch every Marvel movie, cartoons. Damn. I cannot. I have not watched any of the Star Wars except How about, the third Star Wars. Okay. How about uh, Sounds of the Lambs? <clears throat> you ever seen that one? No. All but right. You know, I'm not saying that I shouldn't have watched that, but I am only 21, so I get a little bit of a pass. No, no, that's fine. yeah. I'm putting on Netflix, your you know movies to see me. before you die list for sure because it's incredible. So, but I know. but you know, yes. I mean, it's Hannibal Lecter. Like you're aware of the story. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And the famous line from that movie, he says to the girl. Have you ever heard this before? Her name is Clary Starling. Mm, he says. If you if you heard this, would you recognize it? He says, "Hello, Clarice." No, I don't. Okay, I'm t- I'm telling you, I'm ruining this. No, man, you're good. You're good. This is. Th- I'm telling you right now, there are the uh, the seven thousand people that download this podcast. Six thousand of them right now are going. Oh my God, I have heard that, and I know exactly what you're talking about. The he never says hello Clarice in that movie. And yet that is the line that if you if you bring up Silence of the Lambs, someone who's seen it, they instantly in that voice go hello Clarice. Why? And because it's such a popular he says good morning to her. He says good morning Clarice and good evening um in the movie, but 
I don't know. It's this is the thing. Like people swear to God, they remember him saying "Hello, Clarice," and and huh. it just it never happens in that movie. So it's just incredible. Um, all right, the last one is another movie, but much older one. Uh, but everybody's seen this. So the uh, in Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, the evil queen, uh, she's got the the mirror on the wall, right? Mm-hmm. What does she say to the mirror when she wants to find out? you know, the information about Snow White. Uh, gosh. It's kind of a rhyming scheme. So I won't start it, but I'll keep going. It's on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all, right? Uh-huh. So how does that start? Do you remember? Mirror, mirror on the wall. Very good. You nailed it again. God, you are perfect at this, man. Um, I don't know about she... that. Star Wars. We're going to lose followers over that. Well, well, but you, your quest to fix that when you're like, all right, listen, I'm going to go watch some Star Wars movies. And then, you know, three weeks later, you're like, all right, listen, I watched the first five and I, I mean, the prequels were terrible, but Star Wars and Empire is amazing. So <laughs> you're going to gain followers back just like that. She never says mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the Bullshit. fairest of them all? So in the movie, she says magic mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? And that one, I was like, no, that's impossible. Everybody says mirror, mirror, everybody. And I, you're like, I know for sure that she says mirror, mirror. But she says magic mirror on the wall in that movie. She never says mirror, mirror. Isn't that incredible? That is. Amazing. You want to know what uh, – this is just brought back um, – I better turn off that listening music. But uh, when you asked the mirror, mirror on the wall, uh, NCAA 06, I don't know. Did you, I don't know if you're a video game guy. A little bit. So, um, and NCAA 06 was the first great college football game. It was the first great football game ever, in okay. my opinion. I know people argue. Um. Let me, sorry, I'm trying to find exactly which song this was. In a, okay, right here. Me, Myself, and I by De La Soul and NCAA oh, yeah. 06. Oh, you know that song? Oh, I love that song. Okay, well, I'm going to play this real quick for okay. everyone out there that played NCAA 06. And they need a little throwback. I don't care that we're taking too long. Ow. All right. Please be the right song. <laughs> right there. That is what has screwed me. I sat at my chubby <laughs> 10-year-old ass down every Saturday morning, all day, making up fake players and having all 99 i was the i was the los angeles black knights and i went 12 and 0 i mean my quarterback was chandler adams 99 overall obviously yeah that's just pretty good i heard i would just sit there and jam out to that song not knowing at all (laughs) these songs some of them were pretty provocative i'm screaming them throughout my house oh my gosh when you said mirror mirror on the wall that's the first thing i thought of and now I need to play some NCAA 06. That's amazing. That's, I can't uh, believe that she never says that. Nope. Never. Now, in the 
the original Grimm's fairy tales, it, it is written there. That's what the queen says. She does say mirror, mirror there. But there's just no way that people have this collective memory from reading Grimm's fairy. You know what I mean? It's, it's from the movie for sure. So it's just so bizarre. That's interesting. That's yep. interesting. That was another good one. That was I, that was the most interesting one to me. Well, that was the most fun one. The other ones were just mind-blowing. Yeah, the mind-blowing stuff's cool, but we I like the interactive stuff too because I love – you walked into three just three of them. And, not, and you know, you'd never seen the movies, but the other ones, that's per, – I mean, that's I perfect. I can't believe that I walked perfect. perfectly into what – I wanted to go against the grain so bad. I can't I believe like, you said oh, monocle. That's amazing. You just you're just like uh, oh, and he's got a monocle or some glasses or something. <laughs> I was so sure about it too. I'm like oh, that mother, that, you know that you know what this just this just concretes my decision that Mo- Monopoly sucks. Give me the game of life. Ten times out of ten, me and my older sister. Oh my gosh, that was back in the freaking Stone Age when we didn't have phones. We'd sit there and play Life every day, like it was <laughs> going to be something new. Coming now, on the board. now you can play life on your phone. <laughs> can you really? Yeah, of course you can. I don't even. I don't even have to Google that one to know that's got to be true. There's no way. There's not a game of life I app if you for can play multiplayer. Oh, we got to look in. Okay, that would be a good time. I'm acting like a old eighty year old. Like, what? you can talk to people online. You can. You can play games on your <laughs> on your hand computer. My bro- my grandma doesn't listen to this, so I can I can say this. But my brother was getting a new laptop for for any uh, for any of you out there that don't know my brother, which is probably a lot of you. Uh, he stays pretty hidden. He is a technology wizard, and he's also a car wizard. He fixes all of our family cars, which is just the weirdest combination ever. But uh, yeah. that you would think of for a nerd. But anyway. <laughs> This kid was getting ready to buy a new laptop for Christmas, and then my grandma says, hey, pick me up one too. And my brother, wheels start turning. He's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get her. So he goes, all right. He came back on to Thanksgiving to the house on Black Friday. We we're all at my grandma's. And he goes, all right, grandma, here's your laptop. I didn't decide to get one. And he goes, what are you going to do with your old laptop, grandma? She goes, I'll probably just like sell it or give it away or something. He's like, can I have it? She's like, sure. He goes, wipes the database clean of anything. So this is a brand new computer now, but it's still slow. It's an It was an i5, fifth generation. I run an i5, uh, seventh gen, which, I mean, it runs faster than I could ever hope for. But now they're on like i8 or whatever. But anyway, hmm. so this guy, he, my brother's like, how can I make it faster? So he goes on Amazon, buys a stick of RAM. And for those of you that don't know, RAM is basically how fast your laptop can comprehend the stuff on the screen right now. Like... I have eight tabs open. Like, how well does it run with that? That's kind. Of, it's kind of like um, short-term memory, I guess. And you could call your hard drive long-term memory. And he goes and buys um, – what else did he buy? He bought something else to amp up this laptop. So for 40 bucks, he got a brand-new laptop of the same caliber as the one that he got my grandma, which was going to be 350 And I just thought, this dude, he needs to be in a mafia or something. Like, that is – or sell drugs or something. I mean, that was just straight up <laughs> – just that was dirty and it was hilarious and i i thought it was enjoyable but yeah my mom was not happy that he did that to my grandma but i thought it was hilarious like i don't know that's but, awesome what why did i bring that up i have no clue what the hell was going on because <laughs> you knew that someone out there needed to hear about well we were joking oh about we were talking about old people and, yeah. yeah yeah so anyway if you have a grandson and you're out there and you're in older adult or you have kids or something don't trust them don't ever trust them 
No, but enjoy the free tech support. Yeah, exactly. She yeah. calls my my best friend that she's met like five times. He comes on our family vacations, but she'll call him in the middle of the night asking for tech help, and he's like, "I'm not the fucking Apple Store. Find somewhere <laughs> else to call, Carol." But enough about my grandma and her technology technologically declined um, state of mind. Let's go on to the best bets of the weekend, but we're going to open it up and I'm going to talk to you guys about how awesome John's been doing the last two weeks in um, his best bets article, which you can find at www.atbsports.net. And we're all over social media. I'm sure you've seen us if you've heard about it. But in week 12, he went 4-1 to bump up his record to 19-21-1. He had a rough stretch there. It happens. At least he tells you when he loses, unlike most people out there that do this. So he killed week 12. Then we go to week 13. He had another fantastic week. He had Green Bay, uh, six and a half point favorites. That John was salivating at that one. He had Seahawks, three point favorites in Minnesota. Wait, no, that was in that was in Seattle. Was in Seattle on Monday Night Football. Not only is Seattle the better team, and Russell Wilson is the MVP. <laughs> Um, Minnesota and Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is 0-8 in Monday Night Football, now being the worst in NFL history on that day. And then he went to the six-point teaser of the week. And John wants to tell you about this because he is very passionate about this Colts game. Okay, so the teaser last week, yeah, with the Colts, were, we were getting set. We took – all right, so with the teaser, obviously, we take six points. So we moved the Colts line up to plus seven at home against Tennessee. And then the other one was Arizona. I think they were we were getting nine, yeah, against the Rams. And obviously Arizona got crushed. And so it doesn't really matter because it's not like Arizona, you know, won or covered and, you know, this bet was close to winning if Tennessee or if the Colts had just held on. But I I this game, the Colts were up seventeen to seven. So with the seven points, we're up twenty-four to seven in this game. Okay. And then in the fourth quarter. It's tied 17 all with four minutes left. And the Colts trot out Vinatieri for his, I don't know, 39th depressing field goal of the game. And he gets blocked, returned for a touchdown. Okay, fine. We're pushing right now. No big deal. There's like four minutes left. Brissett throws one of the worst interceptions that he will ever throw, that most quarterbacks will ever throw. Not named Brandon Whedon, obviously. And then the, like a play later, Tannehill hit a guy that you like. You were just talking about him, I'm pretty sure, in, in NCAA 06 because he had a made-up name. I was like, wait, who just caught a touchdown pass? It was like Wiz Khalifa. I'm like, what the? what is happening right now? What is going on? Like, Colts plus seven with five minutes left. You're killing it. And they're about to go up three if the field goal goes through. Instead, it gets blocked. So that was a rough one. But the main reason I wanted to bring it up is – what the? What are the Colts doing? Why you don't have to have a seventy-five-year-old kicker on your roster who can't make a goddamn kick? Like, what <laughs> is happening? I am every week they trot this guy out, and you're just like, God damn it, you guys! There, there, there are thirty-two kicking jobs in the NFL. Oh you telling God, me that there isn't knows. one guy better on the planet that can make? He's missed fourteen kicks this year, like eight field goals and six extra points. Six. And they're like, yeah, well, we'll just stick it out. They're in a division where Houston is up and down every week. I mean, it looks like 10, 10 wins, maybe nine, is going to win that division. It's it's insane that they just won't cut him. They're like, nope, 
when you have a 47-year-old kicker, you got to keep him all year. Like, it is so frustrating, and I am done with the Colts. Ugh. Okay, I feel better now. Yeah, my eardrums hurt. That was hilarious. John, I think I'm rubbing off on you. Yeah, a little bit. I think I'm rubbing <laughs> off on you. And speaking of that, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. I, I'm i getting a lot of heat on this. Um, people saying, oh, it's Lamar's second year, and he's the MVP. Russell Patrick Mahomes was an MVP his second year. PFFs, tiers of quarterbacks through week 13. Baker Mayfield is ranked at 17th. So I never want to hear again that he's a bust because, first of all, as of right now, he's just a meh. And he's having the worst year. He's having – this is his floor. And he's still 17th best. Anyway, Eric, I know you're listening. Jacoby Brissett sucks. Go back and watch the tape. I said it in week five, week six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Every damn week, Brissett sucks. Mmm. They have him as literally the second-worst quarterback with any data on him other than Kyle Allen, which I will say I'd rather take Kyle Allen than Jacoby Brissett, but they both suck. And Trubisky's third-worst. That's all I got to say. Danny Dines is fourth. Who's overrated now? Marcus Spears. (laughs) F yourself. Anyway, back to best bets. I'm just – this is that time of year as a Browns fan. Every time someone moves, I just want to deck them. I wear my Browns sweatshirt to class on Monday – and my professor was like, hmm, how'd the Browns game go? Damn well knowing he knew. He's a Pittsburgh fan. Mm. Mm. Rock your ass if I didn't have a final next week. Anyway. Yeah, get through that final first, and then you can assault your teacher. <laughs> Gosh. Can I just do it now? Uh, kids listening out there, do not assault your teachers. Thank you. Well, unless they had a cut. I'm just kidding. What were they wearing? <laughs> I'm kidding. That's terrible. Don't, 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 don't listen to my ass. <laughs> No, and that seems to be doing a lot of the talking right now. So definitely, oh my do not. gosh, you've—if you've ever seen Dave Chappelle, you'd understand why I made that joke. But you, oh, I'm it's not one Dave of the Chappelle. funniest jokes. The yeah, if I <laughs> if I'm dressed like a cop, <laughs> oh, it's one of the funniest jokes of all time. Just people uh, Google that. It's it's one of the best jokes of ever. It's hysterical. Dave Chappelle is the goat, and if you watch his netflix stand stand up and are offended by it that's good you're supposed to be that's how he makes money don't click on it if you don't want to be offended (sighs) anyway new orleans at home two-point favorite against the 49ers now i've been on record saying all year that the 49ers are pretenders Hmm. they've pretty much proved me wrong every week i still don't know what the hell is going on their quarterbacks not good. He's average. The running backs are average. I'm telling you right now, I truly believe that Kyle Yusick, or however you pronounce it, is literally the heart and soul of that offense. I, George, The tight end and the fullback are the MVPs of the 49ers right now on the mm-hmm. offensive side of the ball. It's ridiculous. I don't know what's going on, but it's happening. But there's this guy on New Orleans breaking every statistical record his age. He's one of the... He's one of the best receivers we've ever seen, ever, and he's not getting talked about because of guys like CMC and Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. Michael Mother Effing Thomas is doing things that we've never seen at a rate we've never seen it, at an age we've never seen it. Like, there's just no superlatives to give this guy other than that he's the first wide receiver since maybe Randy Moss, 
that 07 year that should be even considered for MVP. I mean, am I wrong? Should nope. be considered for MVP first time since maybe Randy Moss. And we all know Randy Moss should not have been the MVP that year either. Like, that team was just... Anyway, Michael Thomas has surpassed DeAndre Hopkins. And I'd say that's probably who he passed, DeAndre Hopkins. as the Oh, Julio Jones as the best receivers in the NFL. Michael Thomas, there is not a... Most receivers, you know... John have that matchup where it's like, eh, you might want to fade them because they're playing so-and-so. Michael Thomas is, oh, oh, he's playing he's playing the best corner in the end. Oh, yeah, he'll still probably drop 20, so you might as well play him. It's getting yep. ridiculous. Yep. And the reason I'm pointing this out is because Richard Sherman and Michael Thomas are going to be talked about the entire game. That's going to be the focal point of the game. And they're going to need Michael Thomas – to move the ball because without Michael Thomas, that offense is basically rendered useless. I mean, Drew Brees is a shell of what he used to be. He's still elite, but I mean, he is a shell of what Drew Brees could do at his peak. And without Michael Thomas there, I don't think they can move the ball. I think this game is solely going to come down to Michael Thomas and the outside tackles for the Saints to keep back Bosa and Armstead, whoever else they want to rush. I don't fear these 49ers linebackers if I'm Drew Brees. Um, they're okay, but they're they're not better than teams that he's played, you know, in his 15 years or however long he's been playing. Richard Sherman is no match for um is no match for Michael Thomas at this point in their careers. And I think Alvin Kamara can run it on the 49ers i know that's bold but his passing presence gives him this ability to run that you know not there are receivers there are backs that are receivers james white um there are danny woodhead when he was in the league and there are backs that are pure running backs um derrick henry for the most part he has some every now and again alvin kamara is under talk is not talked about a lot because he's not hasn't been as good as he usually is kind of like zeke zeke is like sixth in yards Right now, he's acting like he's just the most overpaid, bloated whale in the history of the league. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Everything, I look at this game and I see Saints win the game. I I think at this point, Peyton's the better coach. I think they have the better – I know they have the better quarterback. They have the better running backs. Um, They have the better receiver. The 49ers don't really have a number one receiver. Emmanuel Sanders is, but like – some he he can disappear big time in big games. Um defensive side 49ers have them beat there, but Michael Not Thomas can't be stopped. It, it, that is just it. Um I don't know. I could be completely wrong. This could bite me right in the ass. You know, 49ers just need to lose by 3 and this all goes to shit, but Yeah. I don't know. That was a lot. No, I agree. I mean, I think you said a lot of things that make a lot of sense. That's for sure. I, for me, this comes down to three real simple things. So the first thing is uh, New Orleans' defense is very good as well. So it's not like it's, you know, the Saints team where they can put up 40, but they're going to give up 45. Mm-hmm. Um, so Cameron Jordan is a true oh my gosh. wrecking machine. Incredible. I mean, and he's one of yeah. the most, he says some dumb stuff, but he's one of the most intelligent players in the NFL. Yeah. So yeah, the Saints. Um, 
yeah, I like this under three in this game. I mean, yeah, for sure. Their defense, like I said, it's 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 as good as San Francisco. It's not as good, but it's close enough where it comes down to are you are you just going to bet on Jimmy Garoppolo to go to New Orleans in that dome and win that game? I mean, I'm telling you, we me and some friends went to New Orleans last year, and uh, it was the second game of the year for Cleveland, and uh, so we went to see the Browns play at New Orleans, and I. I, I cannot describe to you how loud it gets. Like on third downs and stuff, I can't. I'm telling you, it is on. You cannot hear yourself think. That is, I think I've heard one thing. I saw I saw lightning strike uh, at a concert one time, and that's the loudest thing I've ever heard. But other than that, the the, the Superdome is it's unbearable. I mean, it's really it's incredible. You're just sitting there watching the game, and you can barely think. So, I just I don't know how Jimmy G is just going to go in there and win that game. I I, I don't get it. So. If you said you can have the Saints at home minus two and a half versus random NFL team, you take it all day long, all day long. So this is another spot. I like this one too. Yeah. Oh. So, John, what's your first? Well, these are combined, but I. Uh, what 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 bet do you want to talk about? So we're gonna do we're gonna take New England minus three at home against Kansas City. Um. I'm going to assume this is Monday or Sunday night. Actually, it's 425 game. Um, huh. Sunday night is Seattle and the Rams, and then Monday night is the oh, it's the amazing Giants at Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. You know, it might just be me being a Browns fan, mm-hmm. but when they don't win, I never watch another Sunday game. 4 o'clock, 8 o'clock game rendered useless. I have to watch them the next day. I record them all. Ah. I watch them the next day. I am literally so burnt out if they lose at I couldn't even think last Sunday. Anyway. That's funny. It's actually the opposite with me. When they lose, I cannot wait to see other teams play because I'm hoping I might catch a glimpse of something that resembles like decent coaching or competent offense, you know, stuff like that. So it's, I, I really crave. I love watching New England play because, you know, you're going to get to see an incredible uh, hey, coach game okay. plan. Next week, Steve, Stevie's going to be our head coach next year. <laughs> Stevie. I would die for Stevie as our head coach. <laughs> Most boring motherfucker. Can you imagine him um, and Odell's conversations? Oh, God. It'd be, it'd <laughs> I would be, pay to watch that. It'd be the be most saved in the National Archives. They'd be forever enshrined in some hallowed safe in Washington, D.C. for future generations to discover or aliens, whichever happens oh. first. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, but yeah, New England at home. Oh, you're fine. Minus three. I. I know we just watched New England go to Houston, and they they didn't look very good. And their offense has struggled, that's for sure. Um, Kansas City coming off just dismantling of the Raiders, but what is that? I mean, the Raiders are awful, so that doesn't mean anything. So um, I just – this is real simple. Uh, The Patriots have a great defense – a good defense. Uh, They play great against really terrible teams. Obviously, the Kansas City Chiefs are not one of them. Um, but uh, New England has a good enough defense to keep them in this game. But Kansas City's lack of any kind of rushing defense is just, it, it's going to kill them. And in a game like this, if you cannot get Mahomes on the field, they're going to be in a lot of trouble. And I don't think this is going to be New England, you know, 37 to 10 or anything like that. I don't think it's going to be a huge victory. I'm, I'm sure it'll be a close game. Um, but if you just said, "Look, you got you can take Belichick or you can take Andy Reid," uh, you know, in New England, I just 
I'll just take Belichick. That's fine. I'll just lay the three points here, and I, you're going to see the Patriots win this game on Sunday, and everyone's going to go, oh, yeah, I forgot. You know, we forgot they were good. We we saw them. They, we, they were bad last week, but now they're good again. So it's just the way it goes with NFL, you know, how casual people are. But, yeah, absolutely, New England minus three. Yeah, I like that play. Um, you pretty much said it all. I New England, I think all around is the better team, but – I don't know. It's weird. New England's weird. They beat the shit out of bad teams. They sometimes scoot by against decent teams, good teams. I, it's just hard to it's hard to bet against New England, to be honest. It's much easier to bet against Kansas City because of their lack of a rushing attack and rushing defense. Um, so, yeah, New England, three-point favorite against the Chiefs. Um, I've got – I had two in the chamber – um, I was looking at the Denver-Houston game, which is a nine-point underdog for Denver. Um, I think part of that is recency bias. The whole country just watched Houston beat up on Tom Brady. But honestly, I like the Detroit um, minus 13 more, and here's my reason. And the same could be said for Denver. It's just plus, more of a plus 13. Detroit, getting, Detroit is getting 13. Did I say minus? Yeah. <laughs> That's Never. right. You're good. Never. I don't care who they have. Never vote Detroit minus 13 if you have a defensive head coach. Anyway, so Detroit's getting 13 points. I believe it's in Minnesota. Correct. All right. So Minnesota's probably going to want to bounce back and have a good game. Yes. However, playing a division opponent is just different. I don't know. I don't know why it is. No one knows how it is. It just is different. If you played high school sports, when you played against your rivals, it was just different. College, it's different except for High State Michigan. Nobody knows what the hell is going on there. <laughs> Detroit can play the Vikings tough. And if Adam Thielen is still how he has been all year, I don't trust I don't think Darius Slay can hold Diggs to zero, but Darius Slay is one of the best cover corners in the entire NFL. Um that defensive line, they're not getting it together somehow but they have talented players up there mike daniels trey flowers i and here's the biggest point which is the point i said you could make for the uh broncos as well rookie quarterbacks are just that are playing with house money can just seem to amaze us all they can make us believe things that aren't true uh and that's what david blau did i I love i wanted him to succeed I actually told my dad right before the game started, and my future brother-in-law is a Bears fan, and I said, you know, this guy was a Brownie, and the Browns traded him, so he's probably going to flourish right now. Comes <laughs> out, drops two big touchdowns in the first half. But I I don't think David Blau is a NFL quarterback by any means. But when rookie quarterbacks that have nothing to play for go in there, they're fearless. And so they're going to throw up 50-50 balls, which some quarterbacks that are great, like Aaron Rodgers, won't make. So all it takes is David Blau to throw up a couple of these balls that Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones, one of the best receiving duos in the entire NFL, have to go up and catch it. And, oh, let me remind you, they have a freak at tight end in TJ Hawkinson. And the second coming of Bo Scarborough, who I thought died, I, I don't think that the Lions come in and win by any means. But... The Vikings just got embarrassed. They had a game one. They lost it. The Lions are their rivals. The Lions and Vikings have a just a long history of close, brutal games. And I 
I think the Lions are just a tough team. They've lost a lot of games this year. But when you watch the Lions, they just kind of hang around and beat the shit out of other good teams. So that's why I like Detroit plus 13 is because they just have shown the – they have shown the will to beat the crap out of good teams and not get blown out of the water by them. Hmm. Okay. Um, just for the sake of clarification, TJ Hawkinson went on IR for the ankle injury. So he is not playing uh, the rest of the season. Just so, you know, yeah, hmm. but that's okay. okay. So may I remind you, they have the, one of the best receiving duos in the NFL. They had a tight end and now they have the second coming of Bo Scarborough, who I thought was dead. All right. right. Now we have that clarified. What the hell's going on there? Like, what? What the hell happened? Where'd he come from? He had to have come from like waivers, or some practice squad. Bo Scarborough. Yeah. You don't know the status of Bo Scarborough since he left the University of Alabama. You're not sure. No, I did know. I know he was on. I know he was a free agent at the beginning of last year, and then that's the last I heard of him. I'm sure he was signed up off some practice squad. Exactly. I'm not really sure. To be oh. honest, but yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> Neither of us oh. know the status of both. I used him in Madden because he's a power back and it's a cheat code in Madden. But now it's 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 crazy to watch him and then go watch uh, the Titans because him and Derrick Henry look like the exact same running back. Oh man, Derrick Henry! Holy oh, can we run through this guy? All right, touchdown. Yeah. Derrick Henry's just a freak. Derrick Henry. It's time to talk about him as one of the best running backs in the NFL, which I never thought I'd get to that point, but he's up there. That's for sure. Anyway, um, so, and actually, that's a, a good segue into uh, what's called. It's not going to be. We're not going to talk about this game now, but this is probably going to show up in the best bets article this week. So Tennessee minus two and a half at Oakland. I'm liking that more and more the more I think about that. So I'm gonna have to dig into that game a little bit more. And if it's definitely a play, it'll be in the article. So check that out. Um, but the last play is going to be Baltimore minus five and a half at Buffalo, and. This game opened up at Baltimore minus seven, uh, Buffalo, a lot of money coming in on Buffalo, which makes sense. Seven points is a lot to give, um, you know, for a road team and uh, two teams that are obviously two of the better teams, you know, in the AFC record wise, at least. Um, I just don't, I don't buy Buffalo. I don't, I don't get it. Uh, and I, it's weird because I think that what they're doing has been impressive. I mean, they're nine and three for a reason. Um, I think that it hasn't gone really – nobody's talked about – I think it was two or three weeks ago, their offensive coordinator, Brian Dable, moved up into the booth. He, used, he was on the sidelines all year long, and then he moved up into the booth. And right away after that first game when they just – I can't remember who they were playing, but um, the post-game interview, he talked about how he could see things better and – which obviously because you're higher up – but how he was able to more effectively communicate uh, using the, you know, the mic system in uh, Josh Allen's helmet. Um, just get him a little bit more information right before that thing cuts off and, you know, he's got to do it all on his own. So I just credit to them. I mean, they, they, they're doing really well with pieces that I think most people would say are okay or non-existent. Like if you said, we're going to have John Brown and Cole Beasley as our receivers, most teams would be like, oh, so you're really hoping you get a high pick next year so you can pick a receiver or something like those aren't great, but they've been really effective with it. And that's to their credit. Um, but defensively speaking, Baltimore is a different animal. Right? They're just getting better and better. Um, they're supposed to be pretty high winds in this game. It's supposed to be 15 to 20 miles an hour. And I think that's another concern. If you take away 
uh, Josh Allen's if he just can't throw it, period, or they they're just let's say it's really windy and neither team is going to be able to throw the ball with much success. I mean, who does that play right into the hands of? And maybe Dayball and Sean McDermott are going to sit there and say, all right, you know what? Let's get let's call some run plays with Josh Allen. Let's make sure we get him involved and just keep keep the defense honest and you know make sure that we're balanced and you know or they don't know what's coming. Basically, that's fine. That might happen. But if you're just going to get a game that where the passing's not going to matter all that much and it's going to be two teams running at each other, there's no way that Buffalo is going to be able to contain Josh Lamar Jackson uh, and that offense. There's just no way. Um, defensively, Baltimore's the better team. Offensively, they are as well. Five and a half is a lot, but I just I don't know. I really feel like Baltimore's going to just really thump this team. So I don't mind laying the points here. Yeah, I I would actually argue that. The Buffalo defense might be better, but I also think that the Ravens will win any game that they don't have to play from behind in. That I don't think that they lose a game where they're playing from in front. When they were when they're in front, that defense plays with house money. Uh, they're blitzing. They're blitzing everything all the time. They blitz, 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 blitz. Because I don't, I, well, I don't think I know that they don't have the talent to get there with a four-man rush. They just don't. Um, Their offensive line, their defensive tackles are great run-stopping tackles, but, I mean, um, Brandon Williams and Pierce are fucking behemoths in the middle of that thing. Like, you can't pass rush. You can't expect them to pass rush. So they blitz their guts out, and if you're playing from behind as an offense going against the all-out blitz defense, play after play after play. It is a pain in the ass to try to catch up. And then on offense, all they have to do is do what they're best at, run the damn ball, which maybe the Browns could take a play out of that book when you're up 10. But the Ravens are just a perfectly constructed team. You know, the only thing I can see stopping them is in the playoffs is if they get down. That's the only thing I fear. They have to get down big, though, like a touchdown, 10 points. That's not going to stop this team. I can see Baltimore going in there and beating them by 21. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what's stopping them. I don't think that this hot take, I don't think this Bills team is that much better than this L.A. Rams team that we're watching. Um, obviously, the Bills have a much better offensive line, but you know, talent talent and playmaker-wise, I they're not super far off. And the, the Rams have better defensive pieces um, yeah. throughout – so yeah, I Baltimore five and a half point favorite. I I like that. anything within a touchdown in the Ravens' favor, or for God's sake, anything in a touchdown against the Ravens. Like if they're if they are an underdog in any game the rest of the year, sign me up for that game. Uh, I like agreed, it. agreed. So all right, and then we're gonna wrap it up with our uh, teaser of the week. Um, so little unusual. Normally it's a six-point teaser, which is minus 110 juice, but we're going to do a seven-point teaser this week, which is at minus 130, um, which the reason will be very clear in a second. So we're going to take uh, put two teams in the teaser, plus seven. We're going to move Jacksonville up to plus 10 at home against the Chargers, which we get to bet on uh, Gardner Minshew. I mean, is there anything better than that, just having money on that guy? And you're like, come on, mustache, go win me some money. Let's do it. This is going to be great. Um, and then the other game is going to be Seattle plus seven at the Rams. And we're going to take – that's what we're making in the seven-point teaser so we can take a whole touchdown, any extra point. 
um, with the Seahawks. I do like the Rams in this game a little bit. I think that the overreaction from um, uh, their offensive line woes and stuff like that, and we've talked a lot about that team a lot on this podcast. And uh, you know, and I'm not. I don't think that just because they crushed the Cardinals last week that suddenly the Rams are you know a top three or four NFL team. But um, hmm. but I just, I don't. Seattle's not a very good team. They're just Russell Wilson, and they do a lot of things that are just unexplicable sometimes. And so. I think this game will be very tight, but if you just said, look, if it's kind of close in the fourth quarter and you get seven points of Russell Wilson, would you take it? Yeah. The answer is yes, you would. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. Beautiful. All right. Um, That's our best bets for the week. As always, you can uh, find those on the article at uh, – the best bets article in uh, atbsports.net. Sorry, I'm trying out earbuds. I usually do over-the-ear uh, headphones. Mm. But, like, these earbuds, I it's it, it's like I'm screaming. So I have to keep taking one out, and I it keeps messing me up. So we're just going to keep one out for the rest of <laughs> the show. Secondly, if you think OBJ wants traded or is getting traded, stop listening because I'm going to call you an ignorant dumbass. I'm sorry. I know that's derogatory, and I don't like to do that. But, like... Quit feeding into this crap. I just saw an article from ESPN saying OBJ vague in his interview with what he sees in the future. He said he doesn't want to be anywhere else but in Cleveland. Read the whole thing. Sorry. All right. That's over with. Now, John, this Freddie thing. I'm allowing us five minutes on it because we went really long on the best bet. So it's 48 minutes right now. We have till 53 seconds. I'm going to start. A lot of people, including John, are ripping Freddie a new asshole. I don't disagree with that. I think he's made some very bad decisions. But I'm going to lay out a big what if to everyone out there listening that's a Browns fan or if you're not a Browns fan and you're just kind of looking out from the outside. Freddie Kitchen's offense last year worked pretty well with the same group except he had a right guard. So you subtract a right guard, add in a top 10 receiver in the NFL. So all of a sudden this year, this offense isn't working at all when you take out one right guard. Now, what? John, just answer. Before you go off, I'll let you talk. We're going to do this like debate sure. show. In Tampa Bay, the last five years, well, even this year because Bruce Arians just kept it going, but the last five years, what did they do more than anybody in the league? What What do Chris Godwin and Mike Evans and Jameis Winston do? See if uh, you can this. Run deep, throw deep. Yep, deep balls, deep balls, deep balls. And you want to know what offensive coordinator the last three years has led the league in long developing plays? Well, that would be our very own Todd Munkin. That's our very own Todd Munkin. And you want to know what? When we hired Todd Munkin and then I saw OBJ, all this stuff in my head, I, my nipples were tingling with excitement, John. That sure. is how excited I was. I remember. Yeah, so Todd Munkin. OBJ, Jarvis, Baker, what could go wrong? Well, Freddie Kitchens. No, no, no. Oh, this okay, offense with Freddie Kitchens was working last year. And there were some long developing plays, but a lot of it last year was play action. And when the Browns run play action, they're one of the most efficient teams in the NFL, side note. <clears throat> Browns. Um, I truthfully think this offense is failing right now due to the implementation of Todd Munkin's offense. I know nobody wants to believe that. I know we see Freddie calling the plays on the sidelines on Sundays. But 
If you really dig deep without an agenda on wanting to hate on Freddie, it is very plausible that Todd Munkin has came in and said, I want to implement this deep ball offense that I have perfected down in Tampa Bay with the likes of Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Well, now we're upgrading to OBJ and Jarvis. What could go wrong? But they don't have an offensive line. In fact, they have two offensive linemen and then basically just a couple of boulders out there that you can run right around. So, if this Browns team can go out and draft two starting tackles, which is nearly impossible to do, or everybody would do it every year, but if they can do that or acquire through free agency or trade, somehow sure up this offensive line, I think this team will be 100% different next year. However, I do side with the argument that Freddie Kitchens, knowing this offensive line is ass and a half, needs to know that and tell Munkin, hey, we can't do five-second long developing plays. When we do two-step drop back, quick slant over the middle, it's working. Two quick step drop back, out route to OBJ, it's working. Go with what's working and quit trying to throw them off guard when you don't have an offensive line. But I think people want to see Munkin come in and call the plays. They don't know what the hell they're talking about. That's... That's my that's my Browns take. Okay, um, and I'm going to, uh, yeah. I'm let, let me just I'll just tell you why you're wrong. This will be really simple. So really really simple. Um, well, first of all, you're right about Munkin and his influence, and you can see it because there are it's a lot of really deep drops that Baker's taking that we did not see a whole lot of last year. And here's the reason why I don't think it's simply the addition of Todd Munkin. Okay, because if you are Freddie Kitchens and you are the head coach of the Cleveland Browns, and you have across the board on all sides of the ball, one of the most talented rosters in the NFL. And week after week, in situation after situation, you continue to come up short in games, okay? And lose to uh, two third string quarterbacks now on the year? Has that ever happened before? Of course it hasn't. Let's don't even waste your Google fingers because it's never happened because of course the Browns did it. So of course it's never happened before. But if you were coaching for your job, basically, because you're sitting around going, I have a really talented roster, but we keep losing games. At some point, if it really were Munkin, if he really were the problem, you would turn to him in your office. You'd pull him in there and say, look, Todd, I'm not firing you, man. We're in this together, but I got to call the plays and I got to run my offense. And that's it. We can't do any more of this stuff. We don't have the tackles to protect for these five and seven step drops. That is a staple in your offense. I can't, we cannot do it. He would have at some point taken over and said, uh, I got to run this, man. I got to do this my way because if I get fired, like it's not going to help anybody, obviously. So we gotta, you know, we gotta do this together. Um, and and that's that's not happening. And the reason that I want him gone is that I don't know, like, and I really don't mean to, I, I don't mean to imply that Freddie Kitchens is a stupid human being. He's he's an NFL coach. Obviously, he's a very smart individual. Okay, but where most coaches, in my opinion, go wrong is their inability to self scout. Okay, to look at your own team and say, what are we good at? What are we bad at? What should we do more of? What should we do less of? Okay, it's that simple. You, he went into last week's game 
a road game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, a team which you had already beaten once on the year. And if you sweep them, it'd be the first time since 1989, not to mention the fact that you already have a division win over Baltimore. It would be your fourth win in a row, which the Browns haven't had a four-game winning streak since, the, I don't know, God, Millard Fillmore's presidency, I'm sure. Um, but like, so he goes into that game and the game plan is, well, my starting left tackle is out. My right tackle is a bizarre joke of a human being. And why he's an NFL starter is beyond anyone's comprehension. And his plan is to not double team the ends, not double team uh, Watt and Dupree. So you're going to go to Pittsburgh and just get crushed by those defensive ends the entire game. And that's the problem. You know that they're, that the Steelers' strength is their pass rush. And he did nothing to help his own team. He's out there getting his own quarterback killed. Like, I can't, I would drive him to Alaska in a heartbeat if you said it would get him fired. I don't care. I don't even care. We'll figure out the coach in the offseason. I don't care. Ron Rivera, somebody else, whatever, not Mike McCarthy, underlined three times. Um, but I can't, you, he doesn't, he doesn't even have the awareness to say Pittsburgh's really good at this. We should try to stop this. That's my problem with him. And that's the thing that's happened all season is he's not learning. He's not learning anything. The same stupid ass mistakes that he's making in the, uh, in week two and week three, he's doing now. The team is still undisciplined. They still are terrible at penalties. They, all that stuff. It's not, he's not improving at all. And I understand that it takes more than a year. I get that. Okay. And in a perfect world, we'd give Freddie Kitchens five seasons to get this figured out. But you have Baker Mayfield on a rookie contract for three more seasons after this one. You have to take advantage of that. That's all that matters. Because if you think Baker is capable, then you have to maximize the roster elsewhere for the next three seasons and try to win one Super Bowl. That's all you're trying to do. We win one Super Bowl. You can be, you can be terrible for five more seasons after that. Yes, I'll be pissed the following year, but you know what? I wouldn't even care. I mean, I'd be in cloud nine. We, the whole city of Cleveland would. So you can't waste any more time. This guy, he doesn't know what he's doing. He will not adjust or he doesn't know how to. Either way, I don't care. You got to go. He's got to go. It's that simple. So what I'm hearing is you really like Freddie Kitchens. He's one of my favorite coaches of all time. And I'm going to tell you why here, Chandler. Uh <laughs> <laughs> all right. I understand you're upset with Freddie Kitchens, but I, I first of all, I want to put this out there. I 100% believe in John Dorsey's ab ability to be a GM. People are – Well, we'll talk about that another day too, but the, that's you're wrong about that too. No, I'm not because he, uh, he built this Kansas City team actually, which people fail to realize. He built a championship contender. Now he's going to Cleveland and he's made moves. He's drafted a franchise quarterback which because he's played a he's played about six bad games this season. He's now not even a good quarterback. He's a bust. Uh we'll probably never hear him again. He's basically Brandon Whedon. Um <laughs> and he messed up on the Corbett pick, so obviously he's just terrible. He's a terrible GM. But anyway, do Mike McCarthy is the person I'm seeing on Twitter is the answer to all this. No, it's not. Mike McCarthy couldn't get it done with Aaron Rodgers. It, it, Mike McCarthy is not the answer to this Browns team. However, I, I'm i pretty much I'm on the Freddie Kitchens hill. He's a first-year quarterback. I I don't think like you shouldn't just be judged off your first year or something, And I even though he is messing up. like 
at least a two-year term. Like Steve Wilkes, what happened to him down in Arizona, doesn't make sense to me. Don't hire someone and then fire them the next year. They don't even have time to get shit started. However, Riverboat Ron, getting fired from Carolina changes all that. I you think I would honestly take Ron Rivera in a heartbeat. However, yeah, I, would, I would think about it for a very long time. Absolutely. Because if some of you would like to remember who was Ron Rivera's defensive coordinator when they went to the Super Bowl, his name is Mr. Wilkes. However, I really like Steve Wilkes. I think Steve Wilkes is a great defensive coach, but he's fucking terrible at adjusting to what he has on a team. That's all he's proven this year. Everyone, that's, that's the I whole said, game, man, that's the whole thing. I said time and time again, Steve Wilkes was an excellent hire if he can adjust to having Denzel and Greedy two press man corners. He's not adjusting. This this whole Browns situation is just weird because they have the talent. They have the talent on the coaching staff, but none of the coaching staff is willing to adjust their style. There's like two coaches in the NFL that you can just say, okay, you don't have to change your style to personnel. We'll change the personnel to your style. That's Bill Belichick and Andy Reid. Other than that, you're going to have to adjust how you play. Well, I, I mean, two of those two names are considered, you know, two of the top five names in the or minds in the in the business, obviously, with Belichick being number one, of course. Yeah. Uh, and the other guys are idiots. Idiots. I, I just I, I can't understand it. It's that simple. I don't get it. it it's that simple. He's just got to go. So I don't know. Anyways. I don't want to spend a ton of time on that. So what do you got next? I can't wait to spend a podcast talking about why you think John Dorsey is a bad GM. That that blows my mind. Oh, okay. Well, I, here, let me say this real fast because we don't have to get into a whole thing, okay? I, I just think that um, no one is good at, at being a GM, okay? Like, it, and what I mean by that is you can structure, you can make smart moves with a cap and things like that. You can make smart trades, you know, where you're not mortgaging your future for – there, there are plenty of ways to be really smart when it comes to that kind of stuff, okay? What I'm saying is um, going into a draft, there isn't one of those guys that has figured out how to accurately tell what what good college football players are going to be good NFL players or what bad college football players will suddenly become good NFL players. Like, they don't know. They're guessing like the rest of the, the league, and that's why – the longest tenured GM is, you know, was like Ozzie Newsom forever. But like, you know, these guys, you can put up the, the remarkable drafts that all these guys have had. And then the next year they're terrible. And it's like, well, what, what happened? Did they, they suddenly forget how to pick college players? All it's, right. Well, I, I, I understand your premise, but if you go back through all of John Dorsey's draft, he's never had a draft where you just go, Oh, ooh. okay. But, but how about Austin Corbett? That because that's pick. a pretty important thing. No, but this is the point, okay? But he so went three he, for four in the first two rounds. Okay, but he drafted Corbett, all pro okay, who was a reach at the time. A lot, everybody looked up and said, wait, who? Who did they just take? Like, this, he couldn't play tackle at Nevada, and you want him to play tackle in the NFL. And then the other problem was is that once they found out that he couldn't play tackle and that he was going to have to play guard, that's when they shipped off um, Kevin Zeitler. And look, I'm not – I love having OBJ, and I'm not going to say that was a bad trade and I want to go back and blah, 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 none of that stuff, okay? But the point is is that 
these what this is what these guys do. Their hubris gets in the way. Okay, he's John Dorsey wakes up and says, "I am the greatest GM who's ever lived. I know what makes a good college player. I know how to pick talent. So not only will I take Austin Corbett when." The, no one has a grade on him as the 34th or 36th best overall player. No one. But not only does he do that, then he goes, not only am I so good at picking, I don't even have to worry about Kevin Zeitler. Now I can trade him because I found a replacement guard. Well, and then a year later, you're, you're standing on the corner with your pockets turned inside out going, uh, would you take anything for Austin Corbett? Somehow uh, he gets credit for trading him to the Rams. Uh, somehow. I, I don't think that they traded Zeitler as a well we have Corbett I think they traded Zettler because I know I'm not talking to you because you didn't say that but if you are a real human being listen to this podcast a real human being who is saying I would much rather my team have a top tier right guard than a top tier wide receiver then you need to go reevaluate everything you know about football it's been proven time and time again that an elite wide receiver quarterback defensive end or cornerback the four prime positions We'll do wonders over then a, an elite offensive lineman. You can get by with okay offensive lineman. Corbett, Corbett's not an okay offensive lineman. But I don't think that he traded Zeitler as just like a, well, now we've got what we want in Corbett. I think that was a, I'm getting a top-tier wide receiver and a very good defensive end for a right guard, an average, below-average safety in a first-round pick. I, I – completely truthful would go back and make that trade 12 out of 12 times like i it sucks not having zetler there this year and it's shown up big sometimes but at the end of the day the the impact zetler would have this year over odell beckham jr and the you know in the coming years i don't think is it's astronomically different i believe i obj's had a bad year an awful awful year People are talking about like he's going to get traded. He doesn't want here. He's being ter- he's playing terrible. He hasn't had a good game. He's averaging like sixty six yards a game on a terrible year. I so I I honestly think that this Browns team can literally go nowhere from up, up but up from here. It takes one good draft, a one good let. They just need one good tackle out of this draft. I don't care if they draft eight freaking tackles. I would say well we might have got our guy. I don't know. I I understand what you mean, though. Like, a, a GM, you know, can't really be good at guessing who's going to be good and who's not going to be good. But for the most part, Dorsey has been one of the best GMs in the league at finding gems in the draft, especially later rounds. Well, you're you're counting his hits, but you're just not counting the misses. And that's that's. Oh, no, I said Corbett was a miss, but, like— it's a, but it's a huge problem. That's the thing. That's it, the problem. No, and he it, didn't address it. That's the other issue. It's like, you look. Are overstating you, you, the issue that it was because while it sucked to miss on that pick, it sucked big time. You got your quarterback at one. You got a cornerback at four. Well, he doesn't play. He's injured all the time. Yada, yada. Yes, he's a small cornerback, and he does play injured. But when he's on the field playing press man coverage, he's literally the best man coverage Press man coverage defender in the NFL this year. And then you find the best running back in the NFL. And then you miss on the fourth pick of your draft. Like, it does bite big time. And he does have misses. But, like, you know, people that aren't on team anymore. Like, I'm not going to count Antonio Callaway as a miss. He had big games last year. He's a very talented player. That's a shot in the dark on a fourth-round pick. It happens. But, like, I – I'm counting his misses, but his hits are so astronomically better. Patrick Mahomes, Baker Mayfield, Denzel Ward, 
you know. It, it just – his hits are way more often than a miss. Yeah. I got I you. don't know. I'll – We'll come back. We'll do a whole episode on that in the offseason. Well, when we get I'll... into the draft stuff, we're definitely going to talk about um, what's called. We, we, I have a ton of data and opinions on uh, what's called, uh, you know, Sashi and their approach and analytics and then versus some of these other football guys and Dave Gettleman. And we'll get into all that because Dorsey fits in there somewhere, obviously. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not a total critic. I, I, de- I definitely think he's done some good things. I'm just saying that it's frustrating that. These guys always think they have the right answer, and oh then when the thing blows God, up, they just don't. It's like, oh, I, well, I'll just fix it again. I'm, I'm so good, I'll just fix it. And it's like, yeah, but you got to fix it now, man. We can't waste a year where you're like, well, we got two offensive linemen that are in there about to be thirty. Like, you, you're, you need three guys now, and you're going to need two more pretty soon. Hey, like, John, you keep, uh, you keep going. I'm sorry, I have to take a phone call, but um, get go. Uh, just move on to the start the DFS stuff. Kind of who you like. I'll hop in. Oh, okay. Yeah, no problem. Is Dorsey calling you? Is John Dorsey on the phone right now? And we'll just edit in Chandler laughing later. Perfect. Okay. All right. So we're going to take a look at uh, fantasies. We got the DFS lineup for the week. Um, Some players that we like and um, building the lineup. And as always, we do it on Fantasy Draft, which is uh, 100% rake free and not a sponsor. But, you know, we're working on it. Um, so we're going to take a look at, uh, well, the first thing I like to do with these is just find the quarterback that's, you know, cheaper. I'm going to give you some upside, obviously. Um, and this week it's, I think it's a slam dunk. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is, uh, only 10,900. Um, they're at Oakland. Oakland generates zero pass rush, uh, which is really going to help Tannehill. Of course. Um, the, the one concern I had in this game is, that if they're just so successful at running the ball, that Tannehill might not have to do much. But he has provided really good rushing upside um, in the recent weeks. Last last week or the week before, he had a real dud. But other than that, I think he's hit 30 yards in every game uh, that he's played uh, since he's took over for Mariota. So, yeah, I mean, Tannehill at only 10-9 is just super, super yes. cheap. And that's, that's going to give us a ton of options uh, elsewhere. Yep, that's who I had. Is I want. That's who I wanted to play. Well, because you're smart. Yeah, I know. Thank you. Yeah. I, I don't believe you, but. <gasps> um. Yeah. Okay. So sorry that I sounded like my girlfriend texted me and said, "Call me back now. It's an emergency." So I freaked out. She oh. couldn't get the, my car started, and I just there's like a little trick because it is a piece of shit car. But okay. God, I hate when people tell me it's an emergency to call me. Well, it's, I mean, that's not a huge deal, and I'm glad that nothing was wrong and that you helped her, so no worries. Yeah. I, I, of course, thought it was John Dorsey calling you, being like, you better be talking me up, man. What's going on? Get this uh, yeah, I, I think I'm going to come in and intern uh, <laughs> GM for a day or two. God, you, that would be such an awesome job. Field so, all my calls from John Dorsey, please. God, that'd be awesome. So are you, you Ryan Tannehill is who you wanted to play? I mean, unless... If we if we get to the end and we have a situation where we have like two grand extra and we want to pay up for somebody that we like maybe just more as a as just a better quarterback in general, I almost couldn't do that because Tannehill is the fourth best quarterback since like week nine or week eight, isn't he, or something? Yeah, something? no, he's been he's been incredible. I said, and the other thing is too the rushing upside. It's really it's great, and against Oakland, it should be there. So mm-hmm. you know, cheat code stuff and fan. I mean, DFS, you get quarterbacks that run. I mean, it's just fantastic. So yep, yeah, all day, all day. 
So yeah. So Tannehill. And then at running back, I know we talked about this, but Nick Chubb is almost a lock against this Cincinnati defense. So yeah, and what uh, what's his price? Oh, there he is. He's at fourteen thousand six hundred. Yeah, it's impossible not to love him. But so. something else I would do. It depends on his price. Oh, he must be expensive. If I didn't see him, I must have skipped him. I was gonna say Cream Hunt. Um. He has to have a breakout game. Not, I guess he doesn't have to have a breakout game, but like the odds of him just keep kind of scooting along. Oh, he's at eleven nine. Nah, it's not worth it. I'd rather have Nick Chubb. Three okay. More. Yeah, and I think saving a Tannehill justifies the the taking Chubb um, mm-hmm. for sure. So, um, yeah, and um, if we could squeeze, if we could get Leonard Fournette in oh, against the Chargers, dude, you are literally saying every single person I had on. Absolutely. That was my first three. And I'll just tell you right now who my fourth one was. Is Darius Slayton against this Eagles secondary? So. Which is a big shot. So but, Eli's back. Obviously, Eli's playing this week because um, uh, Daniel Jones has a high ankle sprain. Mm-hmm. Um, Golden Tate looks like he's going to play and Evan Ingram as well. Mm, I didn't so, know Golden Tate was back. Yeah, you're going to have everybody, basically. So Golden Tate's going to move back into the slot. Shepard and um, um, Slayton will play the outside, when they obviously, when they're in 11 sets. And then, of course, Ingram's the tight end in you know, any uh, formation that includes one. But So, yeah, maybe. We, let's put a pin in that one. Let's see if he uh, ends up being cheap enough and we can squeeze him in. That's not a bad uh, – but he, if it's that crowded, I just don't – I'm not going to – you know, I don't want to put money on Eli Manning to – you know, show up on Monday Night Football at Phil, in Philly. So, um, another one. I Marvin Jones is pretty cheap. He's sitting at ten six, which is I like that price. And another one. If we're playing, so if this is a tournament style, I like Robbie Anderson against Miami, and I also like yeah uh, Deontay Johnson. No, 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 not Deontay Johnson. Um, I was just gonna. I was actually like Deontay Johnson when Mason Rudolph was playing. I almost picked up Deontay Johnson in my fantasy league because he was one of his favorite targets. But it's just that's... well, Marvin Jones. Yeah, Marvin Jones at ten six. I mean, that's an incredible steal. Um, yeah, it's crazy that he's that low. I mean, you could. Yeah, Minnesota's pass defense is not anything phenomenal. We just saw Seattle and Tyler, Tyler Lockett went catchless in that game, Tell and about it. we saw. Well, sorry about your. Oh, I didn't play him. I, I oh. played it smart. I didn't there were so him. many brutal stories. The uh, um, what's his name? Matthew Berry's the love hate article came out today, and there, I think there were at least three people that their tweet, you know, at him this week was, "I was down point nine in a full PPR league with only Tyler Lockett left to play, and he went catchless. He catches one pass for nothing, and you win. I so, that's gross. That is uh, gross." Those of you listening know this. I helped my dad. Uh, I was the GM of his fantasy team this draft. They do an in-person auction draft. It's a dynasty league. Listen to these receivers that we have. DJ Moore, I had him draft him in the last round last year as a rookie because I heard Chris Carter say something about him. Mm-hmm. So we have DJ Moore, Devontae Parker, Alshon Jeffrey, Julio Jones, Emmanuel Sanders, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and Tyler Boyd. Good Lord. Yeah, so in a dynasty, like, I'm going to have to make some rash decisions, but, like, a good group. Trade. Make some trades, man. Here's 
My no one will trade. They're all a bunch of old men that refuse to freaking trade. Ah, that stinks. Yeah, our running backs are Derrick Henry. That's that's it. I don't really feel like saying that. <laughs> it's Ronald and Jones thus and concludes Hill. the list. <laughs> yeah. But okay, okay. what I'll say, Derrick Henry the last four weeks has played as if he's th- three wide receivers. Like He's averaging like 30 points the last four weeks. In a okay. Week. I got gotcha. you. Insane. But, yeah, running back's going to be a uh, big factor. But I did get Deshaun Watson for five bucks. It's a $200 league, Deshaun Watson for mm. five bucks. That's great. Bunch of old stuff. They paid seventy bucks for Zach Ertz. Dang, dang, dang. Yeah. Anyway, um, sorry. I, I just had to brag no, about my wide receiver. You're good. A, um, I tell you back. what. Let's let's flip over to tight end and defense real fast, so we can fill in oh, some little spots, and then we'll see what we have left for um, wide receiver flex. So I know he's expensive, but uh, Darren Fells, I like him. I guess he's not that expensive. Holy shit. Oh, not Darren Fells. Why did I say Darren Fells? Actually, I don't hate Darren Fells. I was reading Darren Fells, and that's what I said. Um, Waller. Darren Waller. I love that play, but 10-6, it's hard for me. But, like, that's my instantaneous favorite play. What about Vance McDonald for 8,100? Pittsburgh is at Arizona. And Arizona is the worst tackling team in the NFL. Every team that they play is – I mean, look up O.J. Howard's year, and it's 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 12, 0, 0, 0, 0. I mean, it, they brought yeah. him back to life, and then they it's, promptly discarded him like you should. It's something but to geez. be said that Vance McDonald is one of the best tackle breakers. I mean, he, he put a dagger through Cleveland last year on that first down, or last yeah. week. But Arizona is statistically the worst tackling team in like the last 10 years, and especially this year. And Vance McDonald breaks tackles. I mean, that, that's just a, that's a slam dunk. Way, great way to save money. He's going to be really high owned, but whatever. You're saving money and you're getting other guys. You know, other. Yep, top and you're not missing players. out if he goes off and he's highly owned. Yep. Defense wise, I do this every week. It's only bit me in the ass. Well, I don't do it every week. Every time I've done it, it's bit me in the ass once. Okay. But I do like the Browns. I don't know. I. You know, it's not like they just go up. Oh, they have, they did against the Titans. It's not like they just go out and let up 50 points and score 10. Like, the Browns' defense has been relatively okay for relatively okay. That's basically all it is. But Cincinnati is relatively bad. Yeah. So, so I like that. I, Atlanta being priced at 6400 is disgusting. It's the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in Daily Fantasy. I cannot fathom that one. Against Carolina, yeah, wow. I wouldn't. Um, I don't know why you touch that one. No thanks. No, I like Pittsburgh all the way down at fifty eight hundred. Mm-hmm. That that's I like that one a lot. I think that's beautiful. Um, I don't. I don't know that I really love anything outside of that. Maybe no, not even how about, that. How maybe, about Jacksonville? Jacksonville's at five thousand. You know, I just read that, and that's the one I said maybe, but is Miles Jack back? So, good question, and I don't know. We have to look this one up. So, um, but is is Rivers going to make it through that game? What if he gets benched? That's true. What if it's Tyrod Taylor? Well, Would you then, take the Jaguars defense at home against Tyrod Taylor or Easton Stick. I'm sure we're not going to see a, a North Dakota State. <laughs> North Dakota. Speaking State. of that, 
the Browns draft I did today, I picked Mason Fine. Reminds me a lot of Easton Stick. Yeah, I saw that. That was cool. Absolutely. And back. But anyway, yeah, that's. I mean, that's a good point. Truthfully. All right, so let's stick them in at five thousand, and then we got a ton of money elsewhere. So let's try to look at John. Let's try to beat this thing look at up. John, foreseeing the future, we're gonna see Easton Stick. Book it now. Put money on be, Easton Stick. We'll play. That would be awesome. That would be that would be awesome. incredible. Incredible. So, um, yeah. So since we have Tannehill, uh, it's too hard. I was gonna say, do you want to try to stack him with a? Titans receiver, but there's not a Titans receiver I trust enough yet. That's the problem is that Tannehill's just a cheap play, and there's nobody to put him with, unfortunately. So, yeah. but I'm I'm okay uh, with that. See, if we wanted to go two more expensive running backs and save on wide receiver, Alan Hearns at New York. I don't know. He doesn't have enough like boom moments to really make me want to fall for that one. Alan Hearns. What's he? How much he cost? He's seven. Oh, he's really cheap. Okay. Yeah, he's eight one. Okay. So that's oh, yeah. something. Also, um, I, I know I'm gonna mispronounce this. All of BC Johnson. Oh yeah, BC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those that at this point, like I'm just kind of looking at boom well, plays. Just well, kind feeling. Of- all right, so Thielen looks like he's going to play. And I don't know how long because his hamstrings are rough. Obviously, he could play a, a quarter or a half and get, you know, strain it and have to come out. So, um, but even without Thielen, they just don't run that offense through anybody but, you know, Cook and some Rudolph, basically. I mean, now Diggs destroyed Detroit last time he played them. So he just lit up. It was like seven for 140, I think. Um, so. You know, I don't know. I mean, it, it, BC hasn't had a game all year. I don't. Maybe it's just the game. But I was thinking, what? About, well, Marvin Jones is definitely an option. I think that's a really good play at ten six. But then, what about Zach Pascal at ten nine? So Indy's obviously at Tampa. Tampa is the worst pass defense in the NFL. Um, Indy's not going to be able to run the ball. They're going to have to throw, and they're going to be successful at it, which is great. And Ty Hilton's not playing. That's true. So you got Campbell. Paris Campbell's coming back from that broken hand, but I, they're, he's not going to play a lot. There's no way. They're not going to well, just rush him Paris out Paris Campbell's not a very good receiver, which Buckeye fans don't want to hear that, but, but he's I mean, not a pure route runner. So I like Zach Pascal. Truthfully do. Okay, we can stick him in at one of the receiver spots. Fun so. fact for all you listening, I actually had Zach Pascal on my team as well. Still only one running back. Hmm. Ridiculous. Interesting. Um, yeah, not really interesting, just – Barf, barf, bark, <laughs> barf, worthy. Holy Lord. Speaking of that, Derrick Henry's sitting there at 15-4. And I know we have Tannehill. It's kind of controversial to pick a quarterback and a running back. But Oakland's bad. Titans are trying to get into the playoffs. Derrick Henry's last four games, 24, 36, 32, 27. He's done the last two on a questionable hamstring. I just think the problem is I think he's going to be highly owned. So yeah. what I look at this is if he's highly owned and he goes off, you're automatically out. If he's highly owned and he doesn't do anything, you're just kind of with the rest of the pack. Mm-hmm. And I truthfully really like Derrick Henry, and I don't like this Oakland defense at all. Mm-hmm. I, I, at all, at all. So I don't know. Okay. I I don't know. I also don't hate Saquon Barkley because Eli loves to dish it out on the out route to Saquon Barkley, and it just takes one big play against this terrible 
Eagles secondary, you know, breaks one tackle. He's not going to get any running. He's not going to get any running done against no, the Philly line. That's the problem. Yeah, he's not. He's the fourth high, fourth most expensive guy left on the board, and he won't be able to run the ball against Philly. So I, there's no way, no way you can play him. Um, oh no, I do, I do, I don't agree. I agree so, completely. I was just throwing out why. Gotcha. Um, should we go with Derrick Henry then? I love Derrick Henry there because then yeah. if we go Derrick Henry, now we have nine thousand nine hundred left to spend, which is quite a bit at wide receiver running back spot. You know? um, All right, so let's stick. Jalen Samuels is there against Arizona. So let's see. So far, we've got Ryan Tannehill at quarterback, Nick Chubb, and Leonard Fournette at running back. We've got Zach Pascal in one wide receiver spot, Vance McDonald at tight end, Derrick Henry in the flex, and the Jaguars defense. Yep. Oh, I put Marvin Jones in. Well, we don't have to. Oh, you got him in. Okay, no, that's good. That's good. Because I was going to say, it's either that or we're spending up for, like, DJ Moore or Stephon Diggs. But I think for that value, yeah, Jones is fantastic. And something I – I don't love Sony Michelle, but at 9,500 against this Kansas defense, if we put Sony Michelle in, it fits. We have 400 left, so basically kind of stuck. But Sony Michelle is the, is available against just a terrible run defense. Well, problem that's is, the thing right there. can they get up big? What's that? If if um, Kansas City gets up big, Sony Michelle is rendered completely useless. Um. Well, that's true. Okay, so do you think that that's a possibility? No, I do not. I don't either. And I think this is my last – the last flex spot was either going to be uh, James White if we could afford it or Sony Michelle. And I'm not even a huge Sony Michelle guy, but they are going to have to run the ball against Kansas City. They're going to want to run the ball, and they're going to be successful. There's just no way Michelle doesn't have a game like that. And at – what is he, 95? Yeah. 9,500. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable. So we have 400 left, which who cares? I mean, we're not spending up anywhere else. And that, that, this this is a great lineup, man. I like this one a lot. Only thing that we could perceivably do different. Yeah, what you got? Would be Emmanuel Sanders over Zach Pascal, but I don't like that move this week. So Sanders. there it is. Tannehill yeah. at QB, Chubb and Fournette, Derrick Henry and Michelle at our running backs and flex spots because wide receivers suck. Marvin Jones, Jr., Zach Pascal at wide receivers. Vance, the stiff arm, McDonald. I'm just going to start calling Vance the stiffy. Vance, the stiffy, McDonald at tight end. And Jacksonville Jaguars at or in Jacksonville against Easton Stick and the Chargers. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Book it. Oh, I like that lineup. It's solid, man. It's solid. If we get Pascal to go nuts and Marvin Jones has a game, because, I mean, Minnesota could just be up, you know, that could yeah. be 24 to 3 in the first, you know, second quarter. And then all of a sudden, Detroit's just got to throw it. And, I mean, Minnesota's. A couple 50 yeah, goals. I mean, it could be Galladay. It could be Jones. But for as cheap as Jones is, my God. I mean, that's yeah. just. That's, that's, that's the ridiculous. thing, is we have a super solid lineup. But, like,. Chubb, Fournette, Tannehill, uh, Derrick Henry, and Sony Michelle, I would lock in as like for sure high scorers. Okay. Agreed. But they're gonna be highly owned, I would say, in most most leagues. Maybe not right. Sony Michelle. So that's why we need Pascal and Jones Jr. to go off. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, know. that's how this works. If you get the boom bust, you know, if you get the boom wide receivers and all your running backs come through. 
that's the difference, right? Somebody else is going to have some other, you know, they James Washington, and he doesn't end up doing anything against, you know, or Debo Samuel, whatever, you know, and, and just that's it. That makes a difference. So if we get the right two, if it's Pascal and Jones, then boom, we're in the money. So. Yeah, that's, uh, man, covered a lot today, ranted a lot today. We didn't go as long as I thought we were going to go, honestly. Well, to be honest, the the stuff that we usually do is pretty con- we were pretty concise on because we wanted to leave time for all the other uh, <laughs> yelling and screaming, which I'm oh, fine about. So because yeah, I, I had to get some stuff off my. Oh chest. God, yeah, that's uh, ever since you texted about Freddie, I was like, we we have to have this conversation on the pod, and I cannot wait. And that feels like that was a millennium ago. So, well, I'm just a, I'm an overly optimistic person. I that's that's what it is. Bites me in the butt a lot, but. No, and that's fine. Listen, we're Browns fans. Like, there's no other way to be. Like, you have to be optimistic, right? If you weren't, you'd be dead. It's that simple. So you got to be optimistic. And I totally – I agree with you. I completely agree. And I – you know, I, I'm willing to give, you know, everybody chances and things like that. I just – but if you don't see the improvement, if you just don't see it week to week and, you know, I guess quarter of the season by quarter of the season – you just look – it looks like the same team. There's nothing different. At this point, one of the most bizarre things to happen this year in the NFL is us destroying Baltimore. Like the more you think about that, how in the hell did that happen in Baltimore? That's insane. Based on what we've seen, I mean Brandon Allen and Duck Dot, Hodges, Hod, Hovland. Oh, I'm so mad I can't even say his friggin' name. Because, John, I hate to break it to you. Duck Hodges and Brandon Allen are better than Lamar Jackson. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Right now, Lamar Jackson is playing as the second best quarterback in the NFL. I mean, my I had a stroke and my heart stopped. It was a bizarre experience hearing you say that. That's for sure. Duck Hodges probably gonna win MVP this year. <laughs> of course he is. Of course he is. <laughs> oh, but uh, for not being Mason Rudolph, that's really. <laughs> Thank you for not being Mason Rudolph. You are our MVP. If Mason so. Rudolph plays that game, we win by thirty. Ugh, gross. Gross. I hate the NFL. I yeah. hate it. You know what? It's fun to watch other teams and uh, what's it called? Um, I don't know. There's, there's, there really are a lot of uh, interesting coaches. That's and a lot of guys that are doing some pretty impressive things. Shanahan and we've talked, you know, Sean McVay still. I don't, I don't. One down year. I mean, they're still like a top seven offense, even though they just seemingly get destroyed every week. They're still really good. So you want to know how many points? This is just mind. This is more mind blowing than your wise guy statements. Hmm. How many points? If you had to guess, did Josh did. How many points did Jared Goff, mix two words in one, have fantasy points in the month of November? How many fantasy points did he have in the month of November? Uh, 80. 13. Wait, what? I was listening to the Ringer podcast today, NFL Ringer podcast. 13 points in the month of November is what they said. Did they... Oh, the Arizona game was just technically December 1st. Mm-hmm. Okay, my bad. I That's what threw me off. I was counting the Arizona game in there. But, yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah, I would have guessed a much lower number. Wow, 13? Yeah. Yikes. That is not good. Although, that is scary bad. 
Jared knows that. Sometimes he's very gawful. (laughs) (laughs) I know know I'm the first human being who's ever said that, so that's very... I've truthfully never heard it before. Really? I have not. I am a trendsetter. I've always been that way. Who are these people? Random people (laughs) are telling me happy birthday, and it's not my birthday. Well, when it is, happy birthday, Chandler. Thank you. It's tomorrow. But I'm getting people on Facebook that I don't know. Some man named Omar just message me for real you're 22 tomorrow yep 22 tomorrow oh happy uh happy birthday man that's great yeah now i need to watch star wars because i'm 22 and there's no more excuses in life yeah if you're 21 i could say listen you're just a you know you're a young you're ignorant <laughs> but now you're 22 man it's time to watch star wars i know i it, it's like i'm such a nerd but i've never watched star wars they're really good they're really good just skip the prequels you can read about them online it's a lot of people screaming and yelling and it's mm. their right to do so they're really bad i do just remember... start with Eight, four, this, five, this six. is this is how little of knowledge I have over um, about Star Wars, and this is gonna sound super just like I had. I don't know his name. The purple lightsaber. I got it when I was younger at Walmart. My brother got the green one because obviously, and I was like, "You want to know what? There's a black dude with a purple lightsaber, and that's badass. He's the only one in the whole show that is." So I was like, "I want the purple one." So my mom special ordered me a purple one. And then I broke it, beating the shit out of my brother with it. <laughs> so that's how much I know about Star Wars. I had a purple one. Don't know the guy's name. And then, well, you had Mace Windu's. Um, Mace Windu was the Jedi who had the purple lightsaber. That's Samuel L. Jackson's character. So you had that right. Huh. Perfect. Samuel L. Jackson. Does he say motherfucker? And uh, no, surprisingly, he does not. Wow. So although Disney he probably does, as he's uh, oh, you know what? I can't, I can't give out spoilers because you've never Disney, seen. Disney. He's gonna come on the Mandalorian on Disney and just start saying motherfucker. <laughs> no, but uh, this is a family-friendly podcast, so... Uh, oh, it used to be. <laughs> but uh, what was I going to say? Oh, my dad, I do remember this. I was about... I don't know how old I was, honestly. The, the, I'm going to try. This might be wrong. Me, my dad, and my brother went to a Star Wars movie in theaters, and Luke burnt his face on the lava. Anakin, someone burnt their face on the lava. Anakin. Anakin. Ah, I knew it was one of them. Because yep. Anakin is Darth Vader, right? What? Is that right? Yes, very good. Okay. And him and Luke are... That's Luke's dad. Correct. Ah, I knew that because I am your father. Very good. That's one of the Mandela... Then he kills him, right? Huh? Then he tries to kill Luke, right? Um. Yeah, I mean, what's it called? They, you I've know, seen we don't... that battle scene. We don't know what ha- You know, we don't know in part four that they have a relationship, a family relationship, obviously, but... um. When he reveals it in part five, um, that's when you're like, oh, what do you do? But that's that's why people are so upset about the later movies is that Luke spends the entire sixth movie, Return of the Jedi, um, basically telling Vader over and over, like, I know there's still good in you. Like, you're not all bad. So I'm just going to wait this out. And eventually you're going to see that the dark side is just not where you need to be. And so Do people call know, him – do Star Wars fans call him Vader, not Darth? You you could I mean I don't know. Kind of, if I say Darth, but... it's kind of like I'm talking about Garth Brooks or something. <laughs> like what's okay. up, Darth? You need to see Star Wars so that sentence never gets uttered ever again. I know. Because no one who has ever seen Star Wars and heard the name Darth Vader is like, gosh, that reminds me of Garth Brooks. <laughs> no, if I just say Darth, it reminds me of Garth. I know but, that's what I'm saying. I do need to watch it. I mean. I play I play the Star Wars video games. I have my whole life. The 
freaking noise just drives me nuts, though. My, I know this is totally off topic, but that little brass metal fucker on the movie. I don't know what his name is. C-3PO. Oh, no. You mean the little one that makes the beeping like R2-D2? Is that what you, who you mean? Uh, I, he has a weird name. Bar, Jar Jar Binks. Oh, God. That thing Never used mind. to creep me out on the video game. So you well, had to go God. up to Jar Jar Binks and he'd tell you what to do. And his, oh, I can't even mimic his voice. It terrified me. Terrified yeah. my life. Yeah, Jar Jar's one of the worst movie mistakes in the history of all movies. It's an abomination. So. You know what, John? This is a promise to you. I have a seven-week Christmas break from school, which okay. sadly I will be working 40 hours a week. Yeah, well, you got to do what you got to do. But my promise to you is I will watch all of the Star Wars movies in that period. Okay, you so part nine is The Rise of Skywalker is going to be in theaters like December 19th or 20th or something. So that's coming out soon, okay? Your your homework assignment, you got to get through uh, four, five, and six, A New Hope, and uh, The Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, and then seven and eight, which is um, The Force Awakens is part seven, and then part eight is The Last Jedi. Those are the brand new ones, right? Those are the two newest ones, correct. The, The Rise of Skywalker is going to be out. In theaters in December, if you get to see that one in the theater, I mean, if you see all the rest of them and then you happen to see that in the theater in like January, I mean, first of all, you're going to thank me. And second of all, you're going to be like, damn, this is a cool experience. So and then yeah. go back and watch Rogue One at some point. It doesn't it takes place technically right before part four, right before A New Hope. But you don't need to see it to like know what's going on. It's but a Rogue One is a very, very good movie. So. Yeah really good and solo was a lot of fun too the han solo movie about him when he was younger that was pretty I need cool to watch that my my two yeah. best friends i mean I, I talk to him every day like best friends are the biggest star wars nerds so i need to watch it without telling them and just scare the shit oh, out of them yeah. with that's a great idea knowledge. but please please chandler please i implore you skip the prequels do not watch okay. phantom menace and attack of the clones and revenge of the sith they are so you are a big Star Wars nerd. You just I, have named every Star Wars movie without hesitation in order. Okay, but, uh, t- well, to be fair, I first of all, I'm a huge movie fan. Second of all, I have a great memory when it comes to most things, but especially movies. Third of all, my girlfriend Tiffany, her son is, uh, Zach is eight years old. And he uh, has never seen... Star Wars age. Yes, and he had never seen them. And so I said... This would be really cool if we got to go see part nine in the theater, having seen the rest of them. And so we were sitting around and I thought, you know what? I, I don't like the prequels, but I should still, he should see them because maybe he'll like them or maybe he'll think there's some cool stuff in there. Um, later he can maybe go back and be like, look, these are terrible movies or whatever. I don't know. Or maybe he'll like them. Who knows? But, um, (laughs) but the point is, is that I just watched those three prequels. And we're halfway through Rogue One, and then we're going to get to four, five, six, seven, eight. So, you know, I don't know if we're going to get to it by December 20th, but we're trying, that's for sure. And uh, so far, so good. He really likes it. So it's been really cool. It's been a lot of fun. So that's awesome. Yeah. So shout out to you, Zach. You're the man. And with Disney Plus, shout out to Verizon. Well, actually, shout out to my mom for having unlimited. (laughs) God, I cannot. I cannot believe that there's people out there that have to pay their phone bills that disgust me. I do not want to do that. Yeah, they're called grown-ups. You'll be there yeah, someday. Don't worry, buddy. Don't worry. I've already told my mom, I'm like, yo, when I am out of college and have a full-time job, I will stay on your plan and pay you. Because it is ridiculously expensive to be on your own on a plan. No, that's, that's actually really smart, yeah. So. Like, 
My oh, uncle okay. lives alone, uh, doesn't have any spouse or kids, and he pays a third of what six of us in Unlimited could pay, which is just mind-blowing. Wow. Mind-blowing. But Yikes. anyway, but yeah, um, this we'll was come good, back. Man. Hopefully the next episode will have some Star Wars info for you. Yep. I'll tell you what, next week's finals week, and while I should be studying, there's a lot of dead time in that week. I'll at least have watched one by next Monday. Okay, and then also, I forgot to add in, so you got your homework assignment, but you're also, it's also Silence of the Lambs. You you have to see that movie. So it's it's just one of the top three horror films, and it's not really horror, like the way you think of Michael Myers slasher, you know, horror films, but as far as suspense, scary films go, it's, it's unbelievable. Silence of the Lambs is... It's one of three movies in the history of the Academy Awards to win the big five Oscars, to win Best Picture, Director, Actor, Actress, and Screenplay in the same year. I mean, it's only three, thriller kind of three thing, movies right? have ever done that, and it's one of them. So it's amazing. It's an amazing film. You have to watch it. Yeah, for sure I will. I was, wow, I was just about to say something. Oh, for any of you movie buffs out there, so I don't watch the classic movies like John does. I go find war movies of all kinds. Um hmm. So, for anyone out there listening, everyone out there has Netflix or knows that someone has Netflix. Sandcastle on Netflix. Skip it. It's just okay. Hmm. Triple Frontier, which just came out with Ben Affleck. Very good movie. Very good. Ben Affleck does tremendous job. Five retired um, U.S. Rangers go in and um, do some stuff on the Triple Frontier, which the Triple Frontier is Brazil, uh peru and one other colombia and it's um the most dangerous place in the world uh it's where all the drug smugglers are and it's the most dangerous place in the world very good movie kept me on edge forever third one burksville or burke siege one of those something like that it's got dave bautista and the blonde chick off of pitch perfect i don't know what her name is but i know all of you are picturing her right now the lead singer on pitch perfect um blonde girl not anna kendrick no 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 like the girl that runs the thing and then anna kendrick comes in they're like bitchy oh yeah yeah yeah. i don't yeah. i can't remember her name but i know who you're talking about yeah and they're in a movie where she goes to brooklyn and she comes back to brooklyn with her boyfriend on the subway the subway's empty they're like what the hell's going on they go upstairs he goes i'm gonna go check this out because there's gunshots he gets blown up by an ac-130 and you're like what the hell am i watching it's not a good movie. Skip it. An hour and 50 minutes, and I'm going to spoil it so you don't watch it. Both the main characters die. What the? Wow. What? What? Oh, killing off one is good. It's sad. Killing off both the main characters, I got to the end of the movie, and I threw the remote. I was like, what the hell did I just waste my time doing? Yikes. was not a good movie. Good Yikes. acting, though. Good acting. That's all that matters, I guess. But There you go. Um. And we'll do this. Every, at the end of every show, we'll do a movie session. Movies we liked and dislike that maybe oh, we've seen shit. recently. It's going to be a five-hour podcast, man. You don't, you get me started talking about movies. I'll never stop. You know who you need to talk to on Twitter? It's uh, Dog Pound Surf. John, I think his name is. Okay. I follow him. He talks about movies all the time. Huh. All the time. Movies like you talk about, like Silence of the Lambs and Star Wars and stupid movies like that that no one's heard of. What in the Christ is wrong with you, son? <laughs> Oh, I'm telling you, Netflix has ruined kids my age. I just watch what's on there, and if it's not on there, then man. Eh. Oh, it's on I Disney Plus, gr- so we're now we're a hair's breadth away. It's streaming. That's all the. I didn't grow up with Blockbuster, you old man. How's your Blockbuster stock doing? 
Oh, it's uh, there's still. I think there's two. I think there's one in Oregon still, and one in Alaska. So jokes on you, buddy. <laughs> uh, yeah, for any of you office terrible. fans, and it has not been a blockbuster year for me financially. My blockbuster stock is not doing well. Well, that's because we got to get these best bets going. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, fine. real quick, this is a funny story because at this point, if you're listening, you're bored, so you need to hear this. It's been an hour and forty-two minutes. So, John, you've seen Friends, correct? You said that was one of your shows. One of my favorite shows of all time. Okay, same here. That's who I'm named after, Chandler Bing, born and born and bred. But <laughs> we all know the scene where Chandler's trying to get into Monica's closet, and oh, you know, yeah, yeah. Joey's over there, and they're like, Richard, if you're in there, can you hand me the credit card? So, last year, I lived across the hall from my girlfriend, and her and her sister locked herself out, and I was like, shit. Hey, give me your credit card. She's like, why? Give me your credit card. So I stick it in the door. Boom. <laughs> popped it right open. All right? I was like, what's up? They're like, how would you know that? I was like, I don't know. And her sister is a friend's addict. She's like, that's what Chandler does off friends. That's how you got I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> shut up. So this oh, year, great. I now live in the apartment that they lived in. And I had done that a couple of times. I'd locked myself out. I would go get my Kroger card out of my car or something and just pop that baby right open. Well, um, somebody had tried to break into the apartment and broke the handle on the door or like, Whoa. yeah, that, and so we got it replaced and not really like thinking about that. I locked myself out today. I'm like, Oh no biggie getting all cocky, pull out my card, put it in and shoulder the door. Like I usually do. Yep. Well, this new handle and new lock and new, um, just the new door frame were so much better that the credit card does not work anymore. They must modern technology must not allow you to break into a house with a credit card. So down goes Frazier. Down goes Frazier. My door jam busted right off. So now to shut the door, we have to have the deadbolt or the door will just like mysteriously swing open. Yeah. So Tried to think of a lie to get out of that one to my girlfriend. I couldn't. I was like, yeah, I, I should have just told her I did something cool, like kicked down the door. But in all reality, I just was being cocky and shouldered the door like usual and ah, knocked that bitch right down. That's awesome, man. <laughs> it was not. I was very disappointed. But uh, unless you got anything else, we'll end on that note so my viewers have a very, very positive thought about me. <laughs> no, man, that's uh, that's a perfect way to go out. So, uh like you said earlier, don't forget to go to Across the Board Sports, atbsports.net. That's where you can find all of our writing. And I am at Cleveland Spider with a Y, uh, S-P-Y-D-E-R on Twitter. Um, I'll post all my articles there. So come follow us and uh, get smarter about sports. Yeah, for sure. And peace out, everyone.